Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup, exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome to Teach Me Please. Teach Me Plus. Plus. Darcy, what is Teach Me Plus? Well, you tell me. I will. It's new, isn't it? I'll tell you what it is. It's It's a new new thing. We're super excited about it. It's basically in the name, Teach Me Plus. It's talking to industry leaders and experts in certain fields of niche topics that are things that I wish I knew when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, throughout this series, brought to you by beautiful friends at Open University Australia, we'll be di- discussing things um, of how to get there, how to do it, and learning a little bit more about certain stuff. And today, it is how to start a business. Um, and I might just add to this, it's how to start a small business. Because heading into this chat, Dars, I've got my great friend, Ricky Jessup, who is a chartered accountant, done a mountain of study in this field, um, who's become a really close friend, confidant, and accountant, and also the CFO of Producey Coffee Sports, Dylan Friends, and all those bits and pieces. How did you guys Meet? come together? How did, yeah, you so How did that start? Funnily enough, um, we chatted a little bit about it throughout the app, but he was um, working as an accountant, obviously. He was one of a, a good friend of mine's good friend. Yep. And we just sort of met up for a coffee one day. I was like, I really get it along with Rick. Um, I'd actually known him prior to that, just on a mutual level. Didn't even know that he was an accountant. Mm. And um, yeah, we started chatting. And I think that's a really big part of the chat which we'll we'll get into and, and talk about in some of the stuff we discuss but it's finding an army or finding a people around you that you can go to for support because starting a small business is genuinely really tough and i'm not going to pretend it's not well it is for me anyway some people would have thought it was a bit easier but i think it's just it, it's so important to have the right people around you and that starts with an accountant um, it starts with someone to give you that financial advice because at the end of the day um, to have a sustainable business it's got to make more money than it spends or in a basic term anyway, and yeah. we'll get into how, you know, there could be good debt, bad debt, and all those bits and pieces. That's but what we're doing today, isn't it? Basic, we're just- Basic terms. Basic terms. There's lots of terms in there where I'm like, Ricky, what the hell does teach that mean? Teach me, please. Can you please teach me again? I know we've been working together for three years, but I still don't understand what you're talking about. But um, now Rick's a legend. He's such a ripping guy, and he's taught me so much. Without him, I really don't think we would all be here today doing this because he's been able to really um, inject himself and his knowledge and everything into- the business so if that's the one message you get out today it's find a find your own ricky that you can rely on find yourself a ricky find why don't you ricky. why don't you run us through a couple of things that yeah. you touched on during that part. yeah okay a few things we spoke about throughout the episode was getting your bank account sorted okay yeah. things like this don't use your personal account and your business account together did go you, get a new account did you make that mistake yes, yes i did and it was really hard to to work that out at a later stage um we spoke about names and handles. Um, as much as this is quite a funny thing, it's really important to have a good Instagram handle, good Facebook handle, good TikTok handle, and know that it's available on, on the business registry, your ABN, your website. You want to have that all really flowing before you launch because so many times you, you know, Ricky speaks about people launch a business, but then they can't get the name or it's not working on different parts. So I think that's a really funny one that, you know, people might think is not as serious, but it really is in the modern age. Um, I know the first thing I check on a business is their Instagram page. Mm. Um, we spoke about roles and responsibilities, whether that's with you and you're a single business and it's things that you really want to do versus things you want to outsource or it's with a business partner or business partners that you 
have to have those tough conversations early with people going, okay, we're starting a business together. What are you bringing to the table? What am I bringing to the table? Is it money? Is it sweat equity? Is it uh, experience? Is it knowledge? What are those things? What are you bringing to the table early and revisiting that every three to six to nine months um, in the early stages to make sure you're all on the same page? Um, and I think the biggest thing that we spoke about that I really had no idea what I was doing when I started a business was forecasting. And it was working out, okay, if I start this business over the next three, six, nine, 12 months, what is it going to cost? What is the minimum amount of money it's going to cost to do this? Sorry, maximum amount of money it's going to mm-hmm. cost to do this because then I can budget. I know what money I have to make. I know what my profit and loss looks like. I know how these things, um, how it's going to work basically. So there's some really um, key factors. We touched on many, many, many things. And again, guys, this was super top of line today because as we got in, Dars, as you you know heard, once you ask one question, it opens up a whole kettle of fish for other things. Um, and there is so many different businesses that you can start, whether that's a bloody laundry mat or a, a, a retail business or a, a cafe or a restaurant, or it could be a podcast business, whatever it is. There's similarities in a lot at the beginning, but then as you go, you know, they niche down into their own topics, but a lot of them are transferable. So hopefully we answered everything that you need today um, for those bits and pieces. I really enjoyed this myself. There could be so many bits and pieces we go off into different niches after, but I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Thanks again to Open University of Australia for being a part of it. Um, Darcy, give me your one part you like the most. Um, I think when Rick was talking about just having a support network, mm-hmm. like, you're not expected to know everything when you start a business, so yeah. you don't need to act like you do. So find someone that can sort of help you through it to begin with and really lean on their expertise. Yeah. I thought that was really good advice. I liked the other bit was about that was number one. Equally number one was the forecasting and budgeting. I think that's yes. number one yeah. to like you've got to know whether you're getting a loan, your own finances putting in, or you're just starting from scratch, how know your ins and outs know what you need to make a month um or what you what is going out a month and those two numbers that's really important which ricky will sort of go through so yeah hope you enjoy it guys would love feedback on this also before the episode finishes up for all those people out there maybe that aren't ready to start a business yet but want to get back into education and upskilling themselves on all these bits and pieces like rick and i speak about throughout the episode make sure you head to open universities australia um, to research a few of those courses and we'll actually be speaking to a careers advisor um, post the episode as well um, about some courses that might be suitable for this sort of thing so make sure you stick around for that that'll be really really interesting in saying that let's get into the episode but before we do just a little disclaimer Hey guys, before we get into today's episode with my good friend Rick, remember that your business plan and industry may dictate a different order of priorities. Always consult with legal and financial advisors when making important decisions about starting a business. Slick Rick, how are you, my friend? How you doing? Cool, mate. It's uh, it's an honour. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio. This is normally a little bit uh, different to our catch-ups, but um, yes, how are you enjoying this, this sense so far? Yeah, very different to our normal <laughs> meetings. It's just me and you in the, the cafe downstairs. Uh, so having, what, five cameras and a couple of TVs around us is yeah, very different. When do you feel when we're in our meetings, they're normally for like 45 to an hour, how yeah. long do you feel you have my attention fully for? For probably... Four to six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> four to six. It's better than no. four to six. If I mention the word you got to pay tax, then your ears prick up. Yeah. But uh, no, definitely at least 80%. I would say. No, I've really enjoyed um, our relationship and I'm so excited to get you in. You were the first person I thought of when um, this episode came out because obviously Teach Me Please is about teaching someone how to do something. And I genuinely say this without, without a doubt. If I didn't have you, mate, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this. So I really do appreciate what you're doing for the business, what you're doing as a friend. Um, and obviously, I've really enjoyed working with you uh, the last how many, two, three years now, two yeah, years? Say, yeah, yeah, three, three years. Yeah, maybe just over three years. Yeah, so it's yeah. been incredible. I've learned so much about this. And I think why I'm so passionate to do this episode is because so many people have been like, how did you do this? And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't really know, but I do. It's just yeah. hard to 
examine exactly how it did happen. But a lot of that does come down to you and, and your support and advice now working together over those periods. So for those out there who don't know you, how would you explain um, what you do and who you are? Yeah, well, my background is the traditional like accounting, tax compliance work. And that's involved, you know, over the years to more of a CFO. The last few years, the outsourced CFO has really taken off. And a lot of people need someone at that level within their business, but not full time. Mm. So my role is to step in, whether that be five to 10 to 15 hours per week and kind of sit with the owner and, you know, manage, help them manage their financials and management reporting and help them make better decisions to grow their business. Yeah, it's a great answer. And we, I suppose when we started, like I had no idea that that's what actually happened you know like we started out as you know my accountant i wanted to start this business we set up all the things that we'll talk about today to put in place from that zero to 100 and i suppose yeah. we've been sort of sitting down pre this episode going far out this could go for four to five hours this episode yeah. and i think we'll need a few iterations of different levels because there is so much to know but from where it's come in our relationship from being an accountant to then coming sort of on board for those hours a week of that cfo i think that's like a really cool thing that I personally had no idea that's actually how businesses grow. Yeah. Um, and if anyone out there, you know, we'll, we'll talk a lot about, just to give a brief overview, we'll talk a bit about your background, where to start in a business, support network that I've, I've been really lucky to build around with with your advice and, and guidance. We'll talk about the financials in terms of, you know, bank cards and zero and tax and all that sort of fun stuff. And then one part as well that, you know, I'll be really transparent about and, and and whatnot because I, f- I feel like oh, I never had this information when I wanted to start was how to fund a business as well yeah. and like whether that's through loan or your own personal investment how to know that it's going to be you know have that longevity which yeah. to be honest I'm working these things out still you know we're still in <laughs> such an early phase so yeah. um, we'll go from there yeah as you said there's so much to learn so attaching yourself to a good advisor it's a journey and an education process and like our you know, three, three and a half years that we've worked together, it's been a journey on educating you on the different stages that you've encountered throughout your business journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's yeah. get into it. Firstly, yeah. what did you study? Yeah, well, <laughs> quite a bit of a, a long resume, but I've done the Bachelor of Commerce at yeah. La Trobe University, yeah. uh, Executive MBA at Melbourne University, uh, my Chartered Accounting Certificate and a Tax Agent practitioner certificate wow. so and i've just completed my public practice certificate as well so long list of uh academic certificates well to go with the uh yeah the cfo kind of title i know this is a podcast as well but they do call him handsome rick that's where <laughs> he, he's not your average accountant not that i'm saying anything about accounts i'm sure they're all beautiful people but my one is extremely handsome and well, he knows you, his, he knows his numbers you know what accountants code for what is it an only fans <laughs> business, didn't you? Know I didn't. No. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what? OnlyFans people say they're accountants. Yeah. Because then no one asks them the second question. Oh, Rick. Okay. <laughs> He's a comedian too. Okay. Leave the jokes to the funny people, please. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, incredible. Let's get into it. Did you, your business, your, your own business, was that the first business you ever started? Uh, I was working for an, a boutique accounting firm yeah. uh, for a number of years. And throughout that, there were opportunities to start businesses with friends. Yeah. Um, so there was a couple that we started along the way and kind of went from that beginning, sole trader, company set up, trust, these sorts of things. Um, and that really just help, helped my, I guess, advisory work that I was doing on a Monday to Friday. Mm. I'll go, I'll talk a little bit about my journey as well, because today, I suppose, you know, you pull me off if I'm saying too much. But the way that sort of my, uh, our business is with everyone is sort of built, it's quite interesting because I sort of started Dylan Friends. That was yep. sort of the first sort of like little entity that was created, you know, had an ABN and then went on to obviously a sole trader, then went into like a corporate structure, which we'll talk about later. Is that the right terminology? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot of different terminologies, but yeah, basically that sole trader set up and then as your business grows, you know, you move that into a corporate structure for asset protection and, you know, and uh, minimizing your, your tax uh, legally. Yep. And yeah. Of course. And the other part as well is from there, then Producer was born and that was sort of another venture that started off the back of those things where, um, you know, I've got the business now with myself and Adam and Zach, who's who's recently been a part of that, which is which is really exciting too. So I suppose a part of today would be like how to set up a business, how to talk yep. about, you know, um, equity, the business partners, how to negotiate those sorts of things, how to contractually write up those sorts of things. There's so much we'll go through, but I've got a list which we'll start on now, which is what do you think, say someone's got their idea of a small business, yep. what is the first few things that we should be doing before we start up? Yeah, the first, you know, the first things you want to tick off are just organizing your names. 
basically, you know, a lot of people can get attached to the name. So you re- really want to think that through, make sure you can get your handles on your, you know, Instagram or Twitter. And then on the back of that, going and registering your business name. So with the Australian Business Register, getting on there, registering it to your individual name. And I guess that's probably the first step. And then the second step would be getting that bank account, starting to get a plan together of you know executing on your idea. Just breaking down on the, the business name, because I think it's going to be funny when people listen to that and we talk straight off the back with handles yeah. and things like that. Whereas maybe old, more traditional um, accounts would be like, you know, get your name set up on uh, websites and all that stuff first. Yep. But realistically, I, I'm so bullish on that now because if you don't have the handle on Instagram or TikTok or whatever your business is sort of yeah. going for, it's going to be really hard to then set everything else up. So in a very shallow way, I really do believe in the, the social media side of things. And you'd be amazed how many bank, uh, how many Instagram social media pages I have just yeah. like waiting there because I've landed the name. I then go on and buy. Because if you've got the name on Instagram, nine times out of 10, you have the business name available, which yeah. I will then purchase. They're about $20. Yeah. Um, so I've just got all them sitting there as well, sort of in if you know, in case I do end up doing something else down the track, which is really, really important. So as you said, get your name sorted. Yeah. Go into the Australian Business Registry, which once you set up your ABN, you'll have an account yeah. um, and register the name there. ABN, is that just as simple as going on Yeah, just simple as jumping on and, and registering yeah, your ABN. Um, probably takes maybe half an hour to an hour just to fill out all the details and have that issued and then away, away you go. So that will you know just allow you to be, be, able, be able to invoice um, and, and just do all those bits and pieces around you know setting up a bank account. Everything. Probably, yeah. The funny thing as well with like ABN, again, like I remember you saying to me, we need to get this ABN. I was like, what the fuck is an ABN? Australian <laughs> business number, which is again that little bit of a number that you find on an invoice that is just a thing that you need to get. Yeah, it's just for the, you know, to help the ATO code for you and, and make sure you know, you're on their system and, and they can tick the box um, relating to that. But it also gives your, you know, your business an identifying number. Yeah. yeah. When you set up um, a business, and I suppose this is a, a few of my little things have been a part of this as well. It's like you can work out whether you, with ownership of the business, Yep. And you don't need to do that straight away of, you know, if you're one person going into business, obviously you own 100% of it. But if it's a partnership between a mate, three mates, four mates, there's yep. obviously going to be equity splits when you set up the business. Yeah. yeah. What have you found are the best ways to go about that? What advice would you give, you know, three mates starting a business together? Is it to straight away lock in 33.3% each or is it better to go, look, we're going to start a business, let's do 33% each for the first six months, then reassess and see where we're at? Yeah, it, it's a difficult question. You can all have beers and it's all fine and, you know, but once you get the hard work going and investing the time and the money in some circumstances, you, you need to really write, you know, your roles and responsibilities down and who's going to do what and how much time they're going to invest. And then you can kind of work, utilize that to work out the percentages and who's contributing what. And that's not to say that's going to be the be all and end all of that agreement. It's just something to start. And then you just want to reassess every three, six months and just touch in with everyone and make sure that you, that is still the same. Mm. I think it's a really good bit of advice because like even through my whole journey with the multiple things sort of we got going on, there's yeah. been so many of those little bits and pieces where if you avoid those tough conversations and they're not so much, look, they are tough. They, yeah. They're extremely awkward sometimes because yeah. they, if you're dealing with close friends, but if you don't have those conversations early about what the roles and responsibilities are and what the equity is and who's putting in X amount, yeah. um, they're going to be a lot tougher down the track. So mm. even just personally for my advice, on everything I've ever done, I've, I've had that advice early um, from yourself and a lot of other people like, all right, let's work out yep. here what we're doing because, you know, firstly, friendship's the most important thing and you don't want that to come, you know, down into the, the problem six months yeah. sort of down the track. Yeah. And everyone values their contribution differently. So my contribution to your business might be valued different to, you know, what you think it is. Mm. So having that conversation and bringing it out into the open just allows you to talk through that on why, what, how, and then come to an agreement. Do you think it's important for that service, like when started, like starting that, is it, I know for a few things that we've sort of been through when we talk about our business yeah. um, together and all the other people in there, like it's cool to have someone that's maybe not a part of it, but someone that's can almost facilitate the conversation sometimes like with it if that is you're an accountant or a lawyer someone that can ask those questions yeah definitely you, you do want to have an unbiased party that can kind of assist with it you know if you're using someone's accountant or, or lawyer 
they can be a bit of biased in that. So you do want to have someone that can be unbiased and kind of guide the conversation and develop that shareholders agreement. And like from memory, I think it's it sounds like a lot of these names sound really scary, like a shareholder. Yeah. It sounds like a lot <laughs> more than it is. But from memory, a lot of the stuff that we've done before you, you know, you get down that track of actually making sure a business is, is successful to spend money on a lot of these things. Yeah. Like an email is lawful is that correct we need to ask the lawyers about okay about yeah that. we'll do that next time but i'm pretty sure if you've got everyone signing off or an agreement in an email that's something that is somewhat yeah abiding. i'm not sure how how that would hold up yeah. but it, it definitely goes a long way to making okay. sure that people are aware of- should go by quickly saying i'm not a lawyer either guys <laughs> this is how to yeah it's not how to legally sue someone this is about starting you might have to do your own advice as well just yeah. on the way through like generally you can tell how much the the owners have spoken to each other when you push a, a shareholders agreement in front of them. Yeah. If they haven't spoken, then the shareholders agreement will take six months to execute because there's all the nitty gritties that they haven't discussed yep. in the lead up to you know the business doing really well or you know selling or whatever it might be. Whereas if you're having these conversations monthly or you know three months, six months, when you do go down the path of getting a shareholders agreement, you, you've you've done the hard work. Everyone's on the same page. You understand the value and where everyone's at. So it's quite an easy process. For sure. And that goes again to people listening, like, you know, you start a business with a mate there, they might be working full time, funding the business through equity, uh, through like, you know, cash injection, whereas you might be well and working on it and taking funds of, of what yeah. it is. So there's so many different ones, but again, just seeking advice. I think personally, have yourself, if you can at that start, um, and we'll get into the investment of how to start a business later with, with financials, but cutting out a bit of that budget to put towards having an accountant has been really vital because you just know that mistakes are so, you, you're going to make so many mistakes in the business and don't get me wrong I've made more than more than most but the ones that really hurt you are probably the financial mistakes so if yeah. you can put money into that advice straight away at least you've got someone guiding you on that stuff from the beginning yeah yeah, you're, you're already taking a risk starting the business and just having a crack so you can reduce that risk by having the right people around you you know, that might be a commercial lawyer or your accountant or a trusted advisor mentor that can guide you, you know, on these early stages or, you know, on the later stages as well. Yeah, I've been, um, yeah, super lucky to be, have a lot of people around, but it's, um, it is really important because like I, even from my own story, I know like a lot of people would probably be sitting in this boat, like, you know, you grow up, you get your accounts done by your parents, same accountant. Yeah. And for me, it came to a, a point where I was like, look, I can sit with the same sort of thing I've done my whole life, but I sort of need to start fresh now. And I wanted to start fresh, new bank account, business name, all that stuff there so that it was sort of into the um the same, you know, yeah. transparency the whole way through. So maybe let's talk about that. Like when we're going starting a business, obviously we just touched on ABN, having a website, having your handles, registering the business name, yep. website. So there's sort of five things yep. there that you can get on track of. The next thing would be a bank account. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wildcard. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. Yeah, definitely. So many times I've seen people start up a business and run through business expenses through their personal accounts. 
So to make your accounts life a lot easier, definitely start a separate account that where you can you know just use that card for anything related to your business and that way it's just easier at the end of the year or if you're doing monthly reporting quarterly reporting all the information's there to allow you to to put together a report to analyze the business yep so have you seen like a lot of people will come in at tax time they've got like personal yeah one card that's used for like personal stuff and then their business stuff trying to like yeah, go d- through that. Is- Especially that sole trader type of business. Yep. Yeah, definitely that crosses over on the personal business yep. side and a lot. F- I'm pretty sure they're like, it's free to start another bank account, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Most, most people, yeah. it's like $4 yeah. maybe. Yeah, if yeah. it's a business transaction account within an entity, I, I think there might be additional costs, but yep. most businesses are pretty competitive. Oh, sorry, most banks are pretty competitive um, and most most of them will generally be zero. Yeah, just to be really clear on that, just to make sure, because if, if someone says something that I don't understand, I'm going to repeat it one more time, but <laughs> it's almost like you've got your ComBank account or whatever bank you're with, one card there for, with your savings. You literally just ask for another card, yep. dip into your savings, which will get into next of what you want to actually put into it using that one. So there's two different bank statements, one for personal, one for business. That I was that person, definitely using the, <laughs> the two different accounts and it made it very, very difficult. Zero. Yep. Zero is one of the hardest things to get your head around at the beginning, but is nearly is all, is definitely your best friend as a business owner, trying to know your numbers and your your P and L or yep. whatever thing you're trying to do where where you're putting your money. So for those people out there, zero's accounting software. Yeah, just one of the leading accounting softwares within Australia and you know the world, and they just provide a really good user experience and allow you to allocate your business expenses in a easy efficient way so that it you know you can build reporting to help you analyze your business see how you're tracking see where you're losing money or making money mm. tax and gst <laughs> how long have you got i oh, know <laughs> short term like short language of probably the 101 of of tax and gst maybe it might be here to be a good time to explain the sole trader versus corporate is it is that gonna be <laughs> can we yeah we, we can touch yeah. on those yeah like generally the, the sole trader is for someone just getting started they want to own the assets and the liabilities themselves uh, very minimal costs in running a sole trader so it's generally for small businesses uh, you know turnover you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand um, but their net profit might be under 50 100 200 thousand so quite quite small in that extent yeah. so it is a cost-effective way to start your business and then continue operating like that until you hit certain milestones, which your accountant would be able to sit with you and say, hey, look, you've hit these targets. Uh, it's time to move into a, a corporate structure. Sure. So when, because um, there was actually a question here to jump ahead, I'll jump into these when they do get on because it is relevant at the time. But Archie Harrison said, can I start as a sole trader, then convert into a partnership or company easily later? Yeah, pretty loaded question because there's a number of different ways to do it and depending on what industry you're in and, and what assets you have personally and within the business. So, you know, having a corporate structure not only helps you predict, I guess, the tax that you're going to pay, but it also helps protect assets. Mm-hmm. So if you're an individual with a lot of assets in your name, you know, you kind of want to get into that corporate structure as soon as possible to yep. be able to just protect yourself. So meaning just to break that down again. So if that means like, for example, you've got your business uh, in a sole trader, but you've also got a property um, in your personal name as well, the sole trader probably won't protect you as much if that business went bankrupt then the bank could actually come for your house yeah well there's a number of issues that can happen if, yeah. if that is the case so yeah running you know p- putting your company or your business into that corporate structure it's just going to give you more protection from your yeah. personal assets and what is a business asset sure. so when you're a sole trader it's all kind of mixed in together um, there's no clear line yeah and people would be saying well why would i go from a sole trader to a corporate or company structure business now that's tax benefits because you get locked into a certain rate yeah. rather than paying different tax in a sole trading account. Yeah. With a sole trader, you get taxed on the individual marginal rates. And so, you know, there's a 19 cents bracket, you know, 32 and a half cents bracket, 40, 40 plus bracket. Probably might want to clarify those yep. before. <laughs> yep. But yeah, basically with the the individual and the sole trader, you tax at marginal rates, whereas a company is a flat 25% company tax rate. So there is a balance of once you're earning a certain level in your individual name, your average tax rate creeps above that 25%. So at that stage in terms of like a tax, minimizing your tax, you want to have your structure in a corporate structure so you can cap it. And then you you would pay additional tax on whatever you've drawn out of the company. Mm. 
Cool. So that's tax and GST again. That's something that yeah. I still struggle to sort of talk about, and would would often this is a point where you really need someone with you yeah. to go through this stuff, and each individual will be their own sort of advice on that. Yeah, there's, there's so many different businesses, and they require different reporting for GST and tax. So, you know, although it's great for the client to have a, a good understanding of those, you know, you want to be working closely with your accountant so that you can one educate yourself but understand the implications of when they're due and how much it is and you know what has gst on it and yeah where your profit lies sure. yeah grants grants yes grants and incentives it's it's been a huge area you know the last probably five seven years the government have invested heavily on you know startups and grants related to manufacturing and export marketing so there's huge opportunities for small to medium business owners to get into this area to help fund their startup. What like sort of grants have you seen or that have come through? Like you know, I'm always looking at grants potentially <laughs> to try and try and get. Like there's been nothing in sort of our industry yet to do so. But would you sort of be saying to someone to start a business to start with looking at a grant, or would you say more someone six months in once they've sort of got their you know, workflow situated to go like, okay, a grant something to then escalate a business, not to start it. Yeah, there are people that do take advantage of the grants and they'll build a business around getting the grants. Yeah. But, you know, for the the average Joe wanting to get involved and start a business, you probably want to, you know, develop your idea and get started and then check with an R&D specialist or a research and development specialist or a grant specialist and just see whether you can fall into any of these um, grants. Mm. The, the most common one I'm seeing is the Export Marketing Development Grant, which allows Australian companies who have developed a, a product or a business that's selling overseas to be able to get back a tax offset from all their marketing spend overseas. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So that, that's a pool that the government have. The more people that go into the pool, then the less people less get. Less grants there is. Yeah, less grants there is. So probably uh, want to keep this one quiet. Hurry up and, hurry and get in there. <laughs> hurry up and couple, get in. A couple grants. With... Funding a business to start. Yep. So if we're talking again, like we, as we mentioned, there's going to be so many questions off the back of this because yep. I feel like the more we bring things up, the more questions there will be. But in terms of funding a business, so just yep. to recap on that, <laughs> we said financials to start a business. There's the, obviously bank cards to get your account sorted, um, your zero, or there's MyOB, or there's a heap yep. of different accounting tools yep. that you could use. But I personally have used zero and really enjoyed it. Um, sort of educating yourself on tax and GST through an accountant. There's websites you can go to for grants. Do you know any of them off by your heart? I did see one actually the other day. That yeah, was- you can just Google government grants yep. and you know a couple government websites will come up and they'll show you what's available. But probably the best way to go about it is, is you know, if you don't know someone, Google, you know, R&D specialist, grants and incentive specialist. And, you know, there's it'd be a massive list that Fantastic. you can have a look at. Definitely. We'll add some of those links to the show notes. I definitely did see one the other day. So make sure you check that out um, in the show notes. There'll be a big show notes to, to send off all this information. What about business loans, Rick? What's the difference between um, good debt and bad debt? Yeah, well, something that we discuss with a lot of clients is, you know, just being organized and planned. If they want to get into utilizing debt to help their business either get started or grow, then they want to tick the boxes and make sure it's on that good debt side of things. Um, bad debt is, you know, just being unorganized, not knowing where your money's going, um, not being able to plan effectively. And, you know, good, good debt is obviously ticking those boxes on a forecast, understanding your product, you, you validated your idea. And we, we see a lot of individuals utilizing money from their network where they might borrow some money from a friend or a parent or, you know, they might go to your more traditional financial, you know, banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that they're going to want to know and look at is how organized are you and, you know, how's your business plan and how's your forecast? So I think if you are going down that route, then working on a forecast with your accountant and just understanding like what we touched on how, how much working capital you have, how long is it going to last you if your idea doesn't work, you know, how much time you're giving yourself to kind of you know, make the business a success. What would you say, is there a difference as well, like as an accountant going into someone going, hey, I'm going to borrow $50,000 or $10,000, $5,000 off my family versus borrowing it through a bank? Would you yeah. err them either way? Like is there pros and cons of both or they're both quite simple? 
Well, I would treat them both the same, but obviously there's a bit more risk with the bank. Yeah. Like if you can't pay the bank back, they're probably going to come knocking on your door to get something. Mm-hmm. Where you know, if it's family and friends, they might they'll let just us, break your legs. Or something. Yeah, they'll just break yeah, your okay, legs, okay. or they won't talk to you for you know a few years. Yeah. So, but I would treat them the same in terms of how you go about it. Yeah. And yeah. again, on a serious note, too build those if you are going to people for for money having that business plan in place having the um doing your research having advice off your accountant and actually showing them okay this is what i'm doing this is how i expect to pay you back all those bits and pieces avoids those other uncomfortable situations later down the track yeah and just ticking all those boxes one it's going to help you learn and educate yourself on the process but two give yourself the best possibility or the best chance of of making it a success um, and giving you the confidence to be like, you know what, I've done all the work I need to do. Let's now go out there and, and have a crack and make this work. The biggest one probably that I had no idea how to do or could just couldn't really get my head around, and I know that we worked a lot on this for a long time, was funding a business and yep. knowing how much equity you need to put in or what sort of loan you need to get to start a business, whether it's a business loan or investment from someone or your own working capital to go in to start a business. How would you say, well, maybe I'll just talk about my personal situation of yep. how that happened. Yep. Um, when I left sort of footy, started Dylan Friends, um, through that time to go back, I really knew that I wanted to start my own business. So I was like, I've got to lower my um outgoings as much as I could. So I moved back in with Jazz's parents, you know, um, sold my car, uh, cut off all my Netflix accounts, all these bits and pieces because I knew that starting a business was going to be hard and I wanted to make sure that I was not spending as much as I could, sorry, spending as little as I could so my outgoings would be really low. From that, I had uh, X amount of dollars that I was like, well, instead of having this in my bank account, um, just sitting here, I need to fund this into starting my own business. So put that into my my new business account. And then from there, um, we worked out going, okay, there's X amount of dollars in here. We need X amount to actually go for the next three months or six months. This is how much it's gonna cost to run a business because we went things like rent, equipment, wages, um, what I was gonna pay myself, what my subscriptions were. Like subscriptions is one where every month I look at that and go, wow, like subscriptions are you know, they're really expensive. Yeah, everyone's taking a clip, aren't Everyone's they? taking a clip. Um, <laughs> there's all these little bits and pieces that I just had no idea about, but we built that into a sort of a formula going, all right, worst case, if I didn't make money for six months, this is how much it would cost me to run this business. Yeah, definitely. Starting off with that forecast that you've built, yeah. how much money do you have, you know, selling your car, building up your savings account, and I'm starting with this. How long is this going to last me? And you can use that to kind of validate your spending and whether that has has a return of investment for for your business. And you know, the longer that you can make that money last, the better opportunity and the better chance if you've got making your business succeed. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about working capital within business and having that three to six to nine months worth of cash there to be that rainy day fund if anything was to ever happen that you can lean on that money and get through that time that allows you to then evolve and then change your business and kind of get back on track. Yeah, I think that's a really cool piece of information. I'm sure a lot of people are sort of aware of it, but if you if you aren't, I think that's nearly my biggest takeaway and a bit of it like maybe advice for anyone looking into it. It's sort of just, yeah, forecasting um, what you will need to, to go into that. And I suppose to go back as well, like, you know, that's for someone who, that was probably at the time when I was like, all right, I'm going to have a crack at this and go full time. To go back to before that time, it was like that was when I was still working part time yep. and I was working three days a week, I think, uh, with 3RW, sort of earning uh, like part time wage while saving money to then put into the next thing. So I just yep. wanted to explain that part too, because I know that you can't just sort of, this whole thing of like quitting your job tomorrow and being able to start a business, not really. Yeah, it's it, it. Look, it's definitely possible, but yeah. there's there's probably other ways to to go yeah, about it. Yeah, definitely. You know, want to put time into that side hustle and slowly validate your idea before you take the plunge, and that just gives you the ability to earn an income and then mm-hmm. utilize that additional money to then you know invest into your business and hopefully grow it and step away from your full time part time job. Love it. Quick recap, guys. Just again, I love recapping here because um, this is just as much as a as a lesson for you guys <laughs> as it is for me. I've done this for nearly three years and still trip up on these bits and pieces 
ABN, business name, website, handles, sole traders versus partnership and corporate um, entities, roles and responsibilities with partners if you've got them, with yeah. that equity discussion, um, having open, honest conversations with what your roles and responsibilities are and revisiting that every three to six months, support network, which we'll get into next, and then financials was bank cards and accounts, ensuring that all that stuff's set up that's clean um, and that you can sort of track that really well. Yeah. Um, setting yourself up with some accounting software, if that's zero, whatever, whatever else it is. Educating yourself on tax and GST, grants and business loans that might be available to you. And then that last bit, as I said, which is my favorite sort of part that I was really beneficial to learn and to this day is still my biggest thing. You know, I'm a catastrophizer. I always go, Ricky, if we fucking made no money tomorrow, how much do I need to maintain this for the rest of my life? So it's a big number, but if I do it from the next three months, <laughs> it looks a little bit um, easier. So I think that buffer is really, really important. Yeah. Rick, moving on, support networks. We spoke about this, nearly, again, one of the most important things. What do you think you need to have around you when starting a business? Yeah, definitely at the start, you know, you, you want a good accountant. Yeah. So- Where do you find one? Like, where would you go these oh, days? Everyone knows someone that knows someone that knows yeah. an accountant. Yeah. And that's a good place to start. Only fans. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe jump on there and have a look, see who's an accountant. <laughs> but yeah, everyone knows someone in the network and that's a good starting spot. And if, if that doesn't work, there's hundreds and hundreds of firms and you just need to find one that aligns with you and your business. So whether it be a specialist in hospitality, you know, put in Google, okay, Melbourne accounting firms that specialize in hospitality or e-commerce. That's probably a good place to start. And, you know, if you are at the early stages of your business, you'll probably get allocated a junior or a senior and you can just chop and change and see who you bond with. And mm. because it is a journey and you want to work closely with someone that basically become a close friend and someone that you trust. Yeah, you, you really do. And it gets to the point as well where, you know, we talk about our stuff and you can be sort of talking with me and I'm like, Rick, I know we've been through this like 15 times, but I still have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And you need to be able to do that because yeah. if you go to meetings with someone that you're probably not comfortable with yeah. and you just go, yeah, 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 which I used to do in school and not say, hey, I don't understand this, you're not going to learn yeah. and take it on board. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really interesting point. Yeah. Uh, later down the track, when things do progress, you know, something that was super weird when um, we got to that stage, you're like, oh, we, we need to find you know, like a lawyer to sort of talk to about legal sort of things as well. That was something that, um, you know, we had to engage in in someone to just get advice on those bits and pieces too. Yeah. Yeah. Most accountants work with a lawyer to assist in that front. But again, with an accountant and building that relationship, if you already know someone or someone knows someone that they can use, yep. you know, again, you want to build that close relationship and someone that you trust because the documents that lawyers are working on for you are quite personal and they evoke a lot of hard questions if they haven't been discussed with, you know, shareholders and other business owners and directors. Yeah. Three other things that I sort of wrote down as well, but we've touched on one of them a fair bit today, Google. Like Google is is a genuine ripping yeah. service. I know sometimes it comes up a lot of American stuff. So you got to be yeah. careful what you're looking at, but there's not one question you can't sort of punch into that and learn with um, zero Again, it's probably been one of the coolest things I've sort of got my head around in the last couple of years and just how how helpful that's been for our sort of um, profit and loss statements and uh, yeah. all those bits and pieces that we need to learn about and, and YouTube as well. Like anything that you need to learn on that is all through those videos. Yeah, like my recommendation would be to align yourself with someone that can help you through that journey. Yeah. But then whenever you come across something that you don't know, go back to Google, YouTube and Google a few key terms and you know maybe invest a half an hour to an hour a week on just writing down some terms and then going out and just doing some research because it'll it'll fast track your development in that area and, and help you be a better business owner yourself. Again, my little bit of advice on this is when you're starting a business, you're so, and to be honest, you're always lean. You know, you're always going, yep. fuck, how can we get our costs down as low as possible? Um, obviously, you know, that's just, that's the aim of the game. And I think at the start, you can really go, well, oh, you know, I'm paying my accountant this, my lawyer this, or any of those people that you've got. But with those things give you so much security to then have the confidence that you're making the right decisions. So I would say back to that other point of funding your business and when you're building that forecast, get some sort of quotes of what a month of advice would look like for an accountant or um, a lawyer maybe down the track. You don't need them straight away, but if it was 
necessarily account and go, hey, what's your? Do you have a package that you know looks after for a month that we can yeah. sort of put into our forecast that ideally, if we can hit this, then we can have that ongoing relationship because we catch up at least monthly, um, yep. fortnightly, if we can, to go through all these things. Yeah, well, a, a good accountant and a good lawyer should, you know, save you, save you money, but a great one, you know, will help you make more money. Mm. You know, there's one aspect on reducing costs, but then there's also how do I grow my income and how do I, you know, how, how can you work towards doing that? And an accountant can help and help you bounce ideas off and strategize on it, you know, where that extra income can come from. Love it. Let's work our way through some questions um, from the listeners uh, before we move on to some more stuff. Jay O'Reilly, I'm not sure if this is a, well, you know, it's a great question for you, Rick, but I'm not sure if it's in your wheelhouse. Is, is it normal to be nervous or scared to start a new venture? Yes, it's a, it's a big risk. It's very scary. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're backing yourself too. So it's just part of the, having that confidence in yourself and executing. And it's about all the things we've spoken about today, but also even if you fail, you'll get it right the next time. Yeah. Like it definitely hasn't been smooth sailing, this whole yeah. sort of operation that we've we've done and um you definitely make financial mistakes like i remember we paid this guy i don't even want to tell people how much it was but it was a lot of money for a website and we didn't even use it because it was so bad and i just remember going okay let's learn from that one yeah like just shit like that where yeah. you just fuck up and you go what the fuck was that yeah you just you gotta live and you learn and just, yeah. just get out there and have a crack and you know definitely um but with all these things like i said we had the buffer so it you know sort of saved us a little bit um, Angus Wright, tips on starting uh, a cafe or hospitality business. Like your, the reason I left this one in is today we wanted to go somewhat quite broad. Um, yeah. There is so many things in business, like I mean, podcast business. There's, you know, how to buy a pub or a restaurant, or how to start a cafe, like this question, or how to start a fucking bookshop, and all those things. So there's yeah. different things. But you yourself have a bit of experience in hospitality, so I thought I'd leave this one in. Can you repeat the question again? Yeah, I will, mate. Sorry <laughs> that about that. <laughs> that was a long-winded one. Uh, tips on reading the question out. No, tips on starting a cafe or hospitality business. Yeah, I think the key thing with a hospitality business is understanding your menu pricing and working backwards from that and whether or not you can actually charge the customers that pricing. You know, so... If you're getting a beer for $6 off CUB and you're selling it for 11, you've got your margin of $5 and, and starting there. So I think menu pricing is key and then getting your staffing right mm. and making sure that you're not overstaffed so you're losing money or you're understaffed and diminishing your quality. So they're probably two key areas on focusing on when you are going into hospitality. Is there any tools for that? Because it's something that I, you know, one of a mutual friend of ours, Julian Moosey, who, who runs awesome cafes, awesome pubs, had him on the um, the podcast himself. Like, I still don't get that. I still go, not that I'm in that industry, but I'm going, fuck, you know, buying all that food, knowing that you're going to get meals sold, yeah. having enough like beers, you know, you're buying it for this selling it for X, like is there a model that you look off or is it just sort of... Yeah, there's a basic framework that a lot of hospitality businesses will use on how to, to get that net profit target that they want. Generally, it's you know a cost margin of 30% yep. on your, your stock and then 30 to 35% on your, your staffing. And then you know every business is different in terms of its operating and rental costs. But that gives you a good starting point mm. if you're trying to get into the market. And then, you know, there's just little bits and pieces on, you know, a cafe as opposed to a pub as opposed to a, a restaurant or a nightclub. So, you know, you can have different frameworks, but generally that's a good one to start at. There you go, Angus. We might, um, if there's more interest as well, guys, this isn't a one-off that we want to do. Like, we'd love to sort of break it down into other specific actual industries so that we can go more into that. But yeah. I suppose today it's been a good one just to like, to just do a bit of a broader essence of like how to start a business from the, a small business from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Nick Patterson said, how do I set my business financial? Should I pay myself? If so, how do I do that? Yeah, that's a tough one. Depending on what kind of structure you're in and can determine you know, how you do pay yourself or how you pull money out of the company. So yeah, that, that is a tough one, but you do want to remunerate yourself for the work that you're putting in. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you receive that in cash, you still want to book it on your business financial accounts just to see how your business is trading. Yeah. So if your business is not making any money and you haven't put your wage through, well, something's going wrong. So, you know, that, that is something you should discuss with your accountant and it'll evolve as your business evolves. But you definitely want to show... What the work you're, you're putting in. Yeah, the work you're putting in in some way, yeah. 
it's really interesting. And you know, like on a personal level, I know exactly what you're referring to because we had this discussion last week with with this business, and you know we looked at our sort of statement going, oh, okay, this is this is here, this is here. That's not too bad. And then you were like, yeah, but you're not getting paid from this business yet. You're getting paid from Dylan Friends, not from Producey, which then yeah. goes, oh, okay, we're actually losing then. So yeah, there's just little bits like that that are quite interesting. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> a lot of people can feel like they're running a successful business, but the owners aren't taking out what they're worth. Mm. So, it is, is it really a successful business? So, yeah, not that you have to take it out, but you do want to recognize it and then adjust accordingly. Mm. Because yeah, if, if, if your business isn't making money and you don't have your full wage in there, well, then maybe it's going to prompt you to change things and kind of tweak your model a little bit so that you can get your wage that you're worth rather than you know yeah, having that subpar wage. Yeah, love it. Again, probably not a question that we'll go through today as much, but I did leave this one in because I just am in this sort of process at the moment of finding these things out myself, so I thought we could touch on it. But at Brookwater Build said, how do you get a product made if you have an idea? So not sure what the product you're referring to, um, Brookie Water Build, but something that we've, you know, most people know um, already about Alibaba. Yep. It's a great resource yeah, great for starting point. It's a great starting point for anything sort of manufacturing, getting anything manufactured. You would be incredibly surprised how many products you'd see on there that you've probably already bought and not known where they've come from. Yep. Um, you know, we work a lot with all the stuff that we do um, through Alibaba, yep. um, which I'm, you know, I'm sure probably 99% of other businesses use that too. Small yeah. businesses. Yeah, if it's if it's a product that you've seen that you like and you want to either change it a little bit or you, you think you can market it better, then yeah, pump punch it into Alibaba or online and and find a producer of it and then call them and call them and find out how how to get some samples and go from there. Yeah, that's what we've done and, and we're in the process of doing it at the moment. It's it's a it's a teething process. It's quite hard to do, but you just got to make mistakes, yeah. learn it. Um, and yeah, do it through the app. So for those out there, again, Alibaba is like a website. You can search absolutely anything on there. Look at you know minimum order quantities, yeah. customizability on all of them, and sort of yeah, that's how a lot of people do it. Archie Harrison, we heard his question earlier about how to go from a sole trader to a partnership, um, which we touched on. Which we also said you know that's worth every every other person's situation. Definitely go and chat to your accountant about that one. At Jake Benno said, can you start a business while working a full-time job? How small can you start? Yeah, of course. You can start a business at any stage, um, whether you're not working, whether you're working full-time. Yeah, there's never a, a bad time to not start a business. So, yeah, get out there and register and, and get going. What's your business tip for someone out there? Would you give, like, what industry at the moment do you think someone could start a business in? Anything available? One tip is just get started. Yeah. The second tip in terms of industries... The technology these days with Shopify is incredible. You know, you, I'm sure everyone's heard of drop shipping, um, which is using a combination of Alibaba and you know Shopify. But you know, you can reach the world instantly these days. So finding a product that you can put a good spin on, or market differently, or tap into something that you think that the brand isn't currently tapped into, then you know, go out and just have a crack. Start small, grow it organically. Love it. Yeah, there's so many things too as well. Like when I, before X, Y, and Z, all these other businesses, there was like seven before them that no one even knows about. But I remember one was like, I was really wanted to do with dog collars. And I've still got the name, still got everything there, still got the samples at home that might pick up uh, again <laughs> one day, but it can be as simple as anything out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you just want to find something you're passionate about and then try and, you know, mold a business into that passion. Yeah. Because then you just feel like you're not working at all and, you know, you're actually working 10 times harder though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, uh, give us your takeaways of today. Number one, which doesn't count, is get started. Yeah. That's yeah. If, you, if you're listening today and you haven't taken absolutely anything out of this, that's literally the number one thing is get started. Yeah, just get going. Um, what would be your two, three, and four? Yeah, we, you definitely, as we mentioned Get a group of names together that you love. Yep. And then go out there and check the ABN register, the, the websites, the handles on Instagram. And hopefully, you know, your ones are still available and just go ahead and register them. Mm. There's also a way in which, again, I mentioned this, I'm so bullish on this, is try and get, you know, no underscores or dots yeah. um, <laughs> available. Just 
I know that's a very shallow yeah. thing, but I think that it does add to the credibility sometimes yeah. of um, a business. And even if it is available, check when were the last time they used that, if yeah. they're using it. The amount of fucking people I've messaged all over the world and um, offered them to, you know, remunerate them for an Instagram page that they're not really using in the sense that I would. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a long list. So I'd, um, yeah, definitely check that out. And even on that with, you know, a lot of the Instagram pages I've got now, I've had to negotiate with people for them. Yeah. Yeah. There's like many clients have uh, had to reach out to people and, you know, negotiate, you know, purchasing these handles off them for yeah. anywhere between, you know, thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Three. You're getting organized with your bank account and financials as well. So having that separate account that you are running all your business expenses through is crucial. Just makes it a lot easier to determine how quickly you're spending your, your business allocation, um, if you're making any money, how long you know you have left to, to spend that money. Love it. And last one? Probably the last one. If you're getting involved with friends in, in a business and multiple directors and multiple shareholders, definitely sitting down and putting a list of roles and responsibilities together yep. and what is and what the expectations are between each of the parties. Because some people will be tipping in money, some people will be sweat equity, some people will be paid for their time. So you definitely need to be clear on those three things. Recapping them. Number one, get started. And number two, <laughs> name and handles. Again, so important. So important. I don't care if you don't think it is. That is super important in the modern age. If I see a page, I know I go straight to their Instagram and I check their yep. account. Yep. Bank account, couldn't stress that more. Getting that set up, making it clean from the beginning. Even if you have, you've started it now, the more you quickly you change that over, the better. Yep. It's always fixable, but it's good to do. Um, and number four, roles and responsibilities with these people, even with yourself, if you're starting it by yourself, work out what you're going to do and what you're going to try and outsource to other people yep. um, is a huge one. Yeah, just on that till as well, especially if you're working full-time or part-time, you've only got so much time in the week. So yeah, noting down those roles and responsibilities that you want to have within your own business mm -hmm. and breaking that into how many hours a week that you want to dedicate. And if it is only five or it's 10 or it's two, we'll sticking to that and don't get hard on yourself if you've planned for five and you've only done three, you, know, you just want to get started and keep, you know, progressing. Love that. Um, my last one that I'm going to add in, so we have five, is learn how to problem solve. I think, if anything, um, use this analogy so much. I don't know if it stands out with anyone, but, you know, when you go to a supermarket yep. and you're looking for, like, the Vegemite, you walk around all the aisles, you're trying to find it, it could take you 15 minutes, or you walk in, you go to the front you say where is the Vegemite and they tell you straight away yep. it's like learn how to problem solve go to the right people for the right advice don't waste your time with shit that you're not necessarily good at yep. it's trying to find things because at the end of the day you're going to face problems but it's how you can how quickly you can get over them um, yep. is going to be whether a business is how successful it can be um, and I found that so much from the beginning of starting to try and do everything to myself to then going no nah, if I've got a financial question I'm going to go straight to Rick if I've got uh, something else I'm going straight to this person and it's building that that yep. team that army around you that you can sort of rely on which is really important yeah it's probably a de facto number two as well getting that support team yep. so you know if you've got a big idea or getting into like a big you're business you're saying we need six six rules now well you, you could probably throw it in we might need to <laughs> we might need a fucking hundred rules rejig the order yeah, yeah. you know but yeah it's a good start good um, last one was if you could go back because I actually have a question I have an answer to this if you could go back and say you're in year 12 studying at the moment and you're about to go to uni before you start a business, you might not even want to start one yet. Yep. What would you... I've got a better question. Say you're looking to go um, into the workforce, you're leaving school, you don't know what you want to do yet necessarily. What do you think is a somewhat of a generic, um, in a generic course that you would go into now to set yourself up for a really just good understanding of everything to do with business? What would you study? Yeah, well, coming from someone who's actually done a lot of study, I, I feel like studying later in life has been better for me. And, you know, earlier in my life, I just wish I had started business, like a business a lot earlier. I think you learn a lot more from that rather than going and doing a course mm. in your early 20s, just getting out there, getting started and learning what it takes to run a business. And then later on, you know, having studied you know, in these MBA programs, I've then been able to link the academic theory to what actually happens out there in the real world because it's not, yeah, they're two different things. Mm. 
Well, yeah, it's like that actual study versus the case study of actually going out and getting done. Yeah. I sort of think, though, just to go back on my own part, was if I didn't have the career that I'd sort of had at the moment and didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school, the one co- the one sort of subject at school that I wish I stuck with and then went into next would have been accounting. Yeah. Just to have a, such a basic understanding yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, yeah if, uh, if, if you're definitely at university... Picking up a, a subject or two in, you know, economics or accounting mm. um, is, is, would help, you know, go a long way to, you know, succeeding in your business. Hey, Rick, love the chat, man. That was um, really, really insightful. I think that people are going to get a lot out of that. would love to do it again on some more stuff. Did you have fun? Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. XX. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that chat with Ricky. He's an absolute star. I've learned so much from him, and it was awesome to sit down. Hopefully, you can learn something from it. Now, I'm joined by Josh, who's an advisor from Open Universities Australia. Hey, Josh, before we get into the chat about business and what Open Universities Australia can do to support people out there looking to get into higher education, what is the role of Open University Australia itself? Yeah, so the best way to think of us is a marketplace for online university study. So we're partnered with over 27 universities around Australia, and we can assist you with the whole enrollment process as well as the application process. And you're going to have our support and assistance throughout your whole education journey. So basically, anyone looking to get into higher education can chat with you at Open Universities Australia, see what they want to do, what their skill set is, what they're passionate about, how they want to study, whether that be full-time, part-time, and you'll then put that all together and find the best model of study for this student. Yeah, that's correct. So there is actually a quiz that the, the students can actually do by themselves. And exactly as you said, you know, how many hours per week do I want to study? What are maybe some of the areas of interest? And that'll generate a few of the options available from either individual subjects to degrees. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier as well, there is the book a consultation service where we'll personally reach out to you at the best time of your convenience. We'll have a chat about your study options. As you just heard, we had an incredible chat with Ricky that talked us all through small business. There's so much to learn, which is really, really exciting. Now, for someone looking to get into business to upskill themselves in business, Open University Australia provides so many cool courses along this. Does one spring to mind straight away? Definitely is one. Now, the great thing is it could be for the student, wherever they want to start off with their studies or wherever they are, they could be looking for uh, maybe a bachelor's degree or they just want to do individual subjects for personal interest. Mm. Uh, We actually have a short course, which is called the Undergraduate Certificate in Small Business. So if someone is looking to maybe do their own startup and wanting to start their own small business. I think this is a great course for them to start their studies and see where it takes them. That's really interesting. For, for someone who's not, uh, didn't know a lot about university before sort of looking into this, like you can actually just do specific subjects that are of interest to you versus completing a whole degree. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. So with Open Universities Australia, we have something which is called open access. So students who come to us, they can actually study subjects that are maybe from a bachelor's degree. Uh, and if they wanted to just do that individual subject, maybe it was for personal interest or even gaining credit to go into a different course, they can actually do that. have so many questions. I'm going to try and throw them at you singularly so you can actually uh, understand what I'm saying. But with the university applications as well, mm. is it so much of like, you know, you finish year 12, you get your inter score. Is that still relevant? Is it for mature age students too? Is it for people in other degrees? Like there's transferable, it's for anyone? It still is very useful. Uh, we do have quite a few students who have recently finished year 12 and have been using their ATAR score uh, for entry. But the great thing is, regardless of your study history, you may have finished high school five years ago and haven't done anything at all. You could even still be in high school you can actually start off with university subjects with no entry requirements. Wow, that's incredible. Speaking of um, subjects, Rick and I were chatting throughout the show around the importance of knowing your financials in a small business. I think that can be the number one thing to get your head around. It's something that I really struggled with when I was starting mine. Is there anything in that small business um, course that goes through the, the financial side of things? Yeah, there definitely is. So there is a subject in there that looks at finance principles, understanding cash flow, things like that. There's also a marketing subject in there, understanding fundamental business principles, uh, as well as managing a team. So there are quite a few options within that short course. So it's really good for students 
who want, uh, you know, so a bit more flexibility with their options uh, from what subjects they can choose. I have to pick that one up myself. Uh, thinking Sounds of great. We'll get you straight in. Literally. Thinking of uh, other people, I know that everyone's different. Some people want full-time, part-time or, or casual types of um, study. Is that available for this course in all different genres? It sure is, yeah. So being online, the main thing is making sure that the student has that flexibility with their studies. So maybe it is full-time or it could even be part-time just doing one or two subjects that is available for the student. Fantastic. If anyone today is listening to this and they want to actually have a chat with you about how you could help them at Open Universities Australia, is there a way that they can chat with you? There sure is. So you can head over to our website, open.edu.au. There is a service there where you can book a consultation for a specific time, whatever meets your needs. We can reach out to you at that time. Uh, We're also available on the live chat. And in regards to our 30 years that we've been uh, you know, running. You're an adult. We have. I know, just the same age as you. Yes, that's wow, true. Wow, incredible. <laughs> um, but you know, we have been. We we have assisted over five hundred thousand students with their educational journey. Unreal, Josh, you're a star, mate. Thank you so much for coming in today. If anyone wants to chat with you, make sure you jump on open.edu.au, and the link will be in the show notes for that one too. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Been a pleasure. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.